On March 16, 2000, two sheriff's deputies were shot in Atlanta. Jamil Alamine, a Muslim leader and former black power activist, was convicted. But the evidence was shaky, and the whole truth didn't come out during the trial. My name is Mosi Secret, and when I started investigating this case in my hometown, I uncovered a dark truth about America. From Tinderfoot TV, Campside Media, and iHeart Podcasts, Radical is available now. Listen to the new podcast, Radical, for free on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I was stopped at a light, number one car, sitting there in my own business. Yeah. And I heard rap music. And I looked over to my left and saw a green Montero with a male black in the driver's seat. And then our eyes met. You know, he threatened me, punk, I'll put a cap in your ass. And I said, excuse me? And then, then the hand motions, you know, he starts doing this. He's like, you know what, I'll kick mother ass, punk, you know. And I'm going, he goes, pull over, let's, you know, he wants to fight. He was a stone-cold gangster. In my training experience, this guy had, I'm a gang member, written all over him. So at that point, the light turned green. I pulled forward, and we went through the intersection. And I'm watching him in the mirror. I look forward, and I, I'm, I'm now going to be stopped in traffic. And uh, he's coming. I got on my radio, and I announced, hey, I got a problem. I got a black guy in a green Montero, and he may have a gun. I need help. Get up here. And then I unbuckle my seatbelt, and I take my gun out, put it in my waist, just right against the door and on my, on my lap. He pulls up alongside of me. He stops. And he comes across and he leans over the passenger seat and extends his arm and points the gun at me and yells, I'll cap you, mother. I bring my right arm over my left shoulder. I fire around at him. I look back at him and he's, the, the gun is still pointing at me. And I fired the second round. And after I fired the second round, I almost could hear the impact, the thud of the, the, the round hitting him. But I definitely saw it in his face. We were only nine feet away, nine feet apart, and his eyes got really big, and he, he got this grimace on his face. And his arm went from this position here right straight to the steering wheel. It didn't do one of these deals. It went right to the steering wheel, and he accelerated. I could tell by the look in his eyes that I hit him, I hit him hard. In launching season two of the dossier, for me, the investigation and audio is an exercise in frustration as a listener, I'm sure that you can tell that the evidence that exists around the fact that the LAPD was involved in the murder of Biggie is overwhelming. Yet, you can also tell the truth as it stands today is murky, convoluted, and buried. Each year that goes by, each time there is another video uploaded to YouTube around this subject matter, it's a chance for someone to be led astray on the details of the story. I wanted to record a message around a few things because for me, year after year, I continue to question as a journalist if I missed anything. Is there someone else who will talk to me? Is there someone else who can provide more answers, information, and evidence? Very recently, I was called by Frank Liga, and I had a conversation with him over the period of a week. And he reminded me yet again another part of this story that maybe I had not looked at enough. If you remember correctly, Frank Liga was the undercover narcotics detective who shot and killed Kevin Gaines, also an LAPD officer. The story of LAPD officer Kevin Gaines is a fascinating one. And for me, 
I guess I had to go back and re-examine the story in order to maybe put another piece of the puzzle together, not only with Biggie, but now with Pac, as we await the trial of Keefe D. People who listen to the podcast will be familiar with Kevin Gaines's name and history. But if you're not, let me do a little bit of an explainer. Kevin Gaines became famous or infamous for an event that transpired on March 18th of 1997 when Gaines and undercover LAPD officer Frank Liga pulled to a stoplight. They got into an argument. Liga, as an LAPD undercover cop, had no idea that Kevin Gaines was also a cop on the same force. He thought at that traffic light that Gaines was a drug dealer or gang member. Liga shot and killed Gaines after a violent argument where Gaines flashed a gun at Liga. Let me tell you two things. This could not have been worse timing for LAPD or a department that was embroiled in so many scandals and was still reckoning with the Rodney King incident. A white cop shoots a black cop who's at fault. I'm paraphrasing, but that is a line from the movie City of Lies, which I was a producer on. Get on my side. Because you know what I should do is knock your fucking teeth out. Yeah, well, then I have to call the police and tell them about that, don't I, detective? Oh, and do you trust that they would come here and that they would do their job for you? I did my job, didn't I? I found you. White guy shoots and kills a black guy. Who's at fault? Are you threatening me? No. No. It's a riddle. White guy shoots and kills a black guy. Who's at fault? I don't know. The answer is ask more questions. What does this have to do with Biggie? That's what I thought. Shoot. With Kevin Gaines dead, the question is complicated. What is a rumor and what is fact? What we know is that Kevin Gaines was dating, sleeping, or hung out with Sharitha Knight. Kevin Gaines was friends with Rafael Perez, David Mack, and possibly Nino Durden. Kevin Gaines possibly worked for Sharitha Knight. And Kevin Gaines did not know Frank Liga prior to contrary opinion and rumor. The rumors on Gaines are bountiful and intriguing. The parts that interest me are as follows. It is a rumor that it was actually Kevin Gaines that stole the evidence from an LAPD evidence locker during Snoop Dogg's trial. It is a rumor that Kevin Gaines worked for Death Row Records and Reggie Wright in a security position. It is a rumor that on two occasions that Kevin Gaines was once brought out to the Las Vegas desert, stripped naked by Suge Knight and some goons, and told not to fuck around with Sharita anymore. It is a rumor that Suge Knight on another occasion kidnapped Kevin Gaines in a van and again intimidated him, treated him like a bitch. And the expectation was that Kevin Gaines would never do anything in return. It's a rumor that Kevin Gaines was possibly involved in the murder of Biggie. It is a rumor that Kevin Gaines was in Las Vegas the night Tupac was shot and killed. 
And finally, it's a rumor that Kevin Gaines quite possibly was the trigger man that killed Tupac on the Vegas Strip. And lastly, it is a rumor that Kevin Gaines, Sharitha Knight, and Reggie Wright Jr. conspired to kill Pac and Suge. Anytime I have a question about the investigation into the murder of Tupac, there's only one phone call I make, and I make it often, and that is to filmmaker R.J. Bond. R.J. has spent most of his career looking into the Tupac case and has acquired documents and information that no one else has. Here's RJ. I had like a thought and an update and I'm curious your thoughts on it. Okay. So I got a an interesting message about two weeks ago from our friend Frank Liga. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, wow. and um I've been I've been speaking to him you know, off and on for about 10 days now. And obviously, he's a very interesting man, you know? Yes, he is. Yeah, he is. Um, And and has a lot of interesting information, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I gotta gotta ask a thought I've had, and I'm, I'm curious, like, your real thoughts on it. Has it ever crossed your mind that Kevin Gaines could have been the person that shot Tupac. Yep, absolutely. Yep, I'm I'm actually dead on that right now. That's actually exactly what I think happened. I think that Kevin Gaines was the shooter. Yep. And what I what 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 came what popped in my mind, in or and 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 I didn't I didn't think about this until a comment that Liga made to me, mm-hmm. and. I think the comment he made was information that he heard that put Liga there. I mean, that put Gaines in Vegas and all that stuff, right? Yeah, I've got but the then, IA report. Yeah, I've got the IA report, the internal affairs report that say Gaines was in, Gaines was in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, right? So there's that. But then, am I mistaken in remembering that isn't there that story that Suge like brought him out to the desert and like stripped him down stripped him naked and made him walk back yep Frank told me that story now that could be another Lakewood Mall we don't know but but I do know this that Sharifa told the story that Suge picked up Gaines and brought him into a van pulled him into a van and shook him down very publicly Um, she talks about that okay so, so there was definitely animus between Gaines and Suge. Uh, you know, I mean, they, they're, they're fighting over the same territory. Now, Suge, last couple of days, Suge claimed that he and Sharitha were not only were they estranged, he's making a claim they were never married. Okay that she was just calling herself his wife like common law. But it doesn't matter. In the LAPD reports, it says that, and this is something I didn't know, Don, because I assumed that the Gaines relationship with Sharitha Knight was like, you know, a fling or 
something that, you know, it, was that your take on it as well, that it was something, you know, something transient, not necessarily something that had been long-term? Was that your feeling about that when you heard about the but Yeah, I mean, it just seemed like she was just like one of his girlfriends. No, they were together for four years, and that's documented. Now, before we do a deep dive into the rumors above, let's back up to the incident on March 18th in the aftermath. Here are the facts that evolved after the Liga Gaines shooting. Liga served desk duty for one year while the LAPD reviewed the details of the shooting. Following three separate internal investigations, Liga was exonerated. The LAPD concluded that the shooting was in policy and not racially or improperly motivated. Within three days of the incident, the Gaines family retained famed attorney Johnny Cochran and filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the city of Los Angeles for $25 million. They eventually settled with Cochran for $250,000 and Liga was upset, denying him the chance to fully clear his name. The judge in that case, a Judge Schottler, wrote a letter to Chief Bernard Park stating, had the matter been submitted to me for a determination, I would have found in favor of the city of Los Angeles. In the settlement, the LAPD wrote a series of checks, mysteriously under $10,000, because that was the amount that LAPD Chief Bernard Parks had the ability to authorize without the consent of the city government LAPD officer Kevin Gaines was gunned down by one of his own, killed on Tuesday afternoon in North Hollywood by an undercover officer. This, this is it. This is, they're going to kill me now. They're going to destroy me. Murder mystery pitting cop versus cop. All I knew was that I just shot a black police officer, and that was going to cause a lot of problems. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Immerse yourself in the fascinating tale of Song of Solomon by the legendary Pulitzer Prize-winning author, Toni Morrison, a mesmerizing coming-of-age masterpiece that has captivated readers around the world. Follow the protagonist, Milkman Dead, who was born shortly after a neighborhood eccentric hurled himself off a roof in a vain attempt at flight. For the rest of his life, Milkman too will be trying to fly. As Morrison follows Milkman on a quest to uncover his roots and himself in his Rust Belt hometown to the place of his family's origins, she introduces an entire cast of strivers and seriouses, liars, and assassins, the inhabitants of a fully realized black world. As the New Yorker put it, Morrison moves easily in and out of the lives and thoughts of her characters, luxuriating in the diversity of circumstances and personality. 
Whether you're a seasoned reader or new to Toni Morrison, Song of Solomon is a must-read that will ignite your imagination and leave you wanting to read more Morrison. Song of Solomon, a timeless tale that will stay with you long after you've turned its final page. Available now at TonyMorrison.com and wherever books are sold. All right, so life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to 100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So maybe you need to get your kids something special or you and the wife need a scintillating night out every once in a while at least. So download Earn In Today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in the dossier under podcast. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com forward slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. For me and all of my research, I've always felt that this story required its own set of episodes and some critical thinking. When you peel back the layers, the narrative created around Liga was that he was a racist. And the rumors were also that Liga, Perez, Matt Keynes, they all knew each other. And that this was some kind of a settling of a score or a beef. Crazy enough, it was sheer happenstance that they ran into each other at that stoplight nine days after the murder of Biggie, which to me was always so eerie, so marked by fate in a way, an additional level of narrative that makes the Biggie case so complex and complicated for any layperson. In the aftermath of the LAPD settlement with the Gaines family, Frank Liga made some statements that indicated he was a racist. On June 26 of 2014, Liga was placed on paid administrative leave after a pending investigation into allegations he made racist comments, calling attorney Carl Douglas an Ewok from the Star Wars movies. The comment was made after a training lecture given to other officers. Liga was recorded on November 15th of 2013 after an in-service training class at the Los Angeles Police Academy. Detective Liga told the class he didn't have any regrets around the shooting. In fact, he wished there were more of them in the car at that time. He stated that he could have killed a truckload of them and not felt anything would be happy doing it. This did not help the cause of Liga and once again added to the racial tensions within the Los Angeles Police Department. In talking with Liga, I don't believe he's a racist 
more so a product of a different time and era of policing, where rough vernacular was a part of systemic culture. I make no excuses for Liger for these statements, but bringing race into the Liger Gaines narrative is a misdirection of the bigger issues. In October of 2014, the LAPD Board of Rights recommended that Liga be terminated. He retired prior to being fired by LAPD Chief Charlie Beck. In August of 2016, the city of LA agreed to pay Liga $50,000 for wrongful termination. However, the city admitted no wrongdoing and Liga was not offered his job back as part of the settlement. You got to remember, this was an unusual case. You had one cop killing another cop, okay? And one happened to be white and the other happened to be black. And uh, that right there is very unusual. And I don't think it's ever happened in the history of uh, LAPD, this type of incident. So it, it was a very unusual occurrence and a very intriguing uh, case to investigate. However, that's what it comes down to. Uh, cheat Parks, uh, if he was to investigate Gaines fully, uh, Mack fully, Perez fully, it would expose the fact when he was in charge of internal affairs, all three of these individuals were involved in, in incidents that would have exposed the fact that we had several officers connected to death row records who had been, uh, they, at the time these incidents were happening, the FBI was investigating death row for racketeering and drug trafficking. The most important part of this overall story is very simple. If the LAPD was serious about rooting corruption out of its ranks at that time, Gaines, Mack, Perez, and many other cops would have been investigated harder. In retrospect, the institution of policing throughout the 70s, 80s, and 90s was simply a time where a culture of graft, polarizing policies, and crime fighting was done, and let's call it, an environment of no oversight. But it's hard in the crack wars of the 80s and the gang wars of the 90s to play Monday morning quarterback when it comes to police policy in the dangerous environments of the streets of Los Angeles. The 77th is an incredibly violent place. Over 150 people murdered in the last year. That's a 200% increase in the past 20 years. In 1993, 3,000 robberies, 4,000 assaults, and the cops blame most of the violence on gangs. Crash, where do you want to go? No weapon. Just a uh, 9 millimeter handgun. I can't go out there and do my job and let my officers do that job without a little bit of roughing up violence, cowboy-type police work. You can't do it. This guy over here is wanted for a street robbery. That Nick Titoriga has taken his tactics from the streets. Why are you selling marijuana on my streets? I've been around a little bit while. The community's tired of these, of these thugs and gangsters out here taking the streets over. Look straight ahead. Look straight ahead. The crash unit... We're coming out of the alleys. We're jumping out of roofs. ...plays by street rules. We're coming at them hard, and we're letting them know we ain't tolerating it. With intimidation. Try to do that one more time. See what happens to you. And arrests. Oh, you'll have a few from the peanut gallery that go, oh, you know, excessive force. But as a whole, 99% of the times when we attack, we get citizens' letters thanking us for, for the job well done. Beeper, money, drugs. You're not a drug dealer, are you? You're talking about 2,500, 3,000 gang members? 
There are 11 of you. Do you think it's working? Do you think it's effective? Absolutely. Do you feel like you're outnumbered? No. While the Like Again saga requires way more than one episode of a podcast, in the future, I'll interview Frank Liga to really unpack the complete picture of what has gone on. The main reason that Kevin Gaines has made me write this episode is for another reason entirely. And that is recently with the news covering the arrest and indictment of Keefe D. Davis, something doesn't sit right with me about the narrative that the Vegas PD is putting forth and how it just doesn't make sense. What makes sense to me is something Suge Knight said in a piece of audio from season one of the dossier. The thing about it is, they've been doing all this type of stuff from day one. And they, that's why he probably me to sit in prison last time. And the other thing is for his, for these, uh, I'm quite sure if they, 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 they saw the first one, they would have saw the second one, the same circle of people, you know? I don't ever expect Suge to tell any law enforcement entity who shot at him and who killed Tupac. But I think he's made it clear it wasn't Orlando Anderson and it was not Keefe D. Davis. If you solve one, you solve the other. Leads me to believe that the individual who shot him in Las Vegas had to have a connection to the Biggie murder or was a part of both. That equation comes down to simple logic. Kevin Gaines was no wilting flower. Kevin Gaines, if he was embarrassed by Suge Knight or if Suge dressed him down literally and threatened his life for being with Sharita, then Kevin Gaines would have wanted to get some get back. And what better way to do it than in Vegas, where confusion, the Vegas Strip and Fight Weekend would have given anyone, especially a trained police officer, a chance to plan a hit. Now don't take this the wrong way. I'm not stating this as fact. I'm simply putting an idea out there so I can continue to investigate it here at the dossier. Again, here is RJ Bond. Listen, we know Gaines was a hothead, right? Yep. Yep. Because of what happened with Liga. We know yep. he had no problem flashing weapons, right? We yeah, know he had numerous complaints. He had numerous IA yeah. complaints against him. We know he was sleeping with Sharita for all intents and purposes, right? Yep. Yep. And if the story is true that there's at least two incidents that people have said he was basically dressed down by Suge, a guy like that doesn't just leave that alone, or a guy like that who's rolling with Mac and Perez is not fucking scared. He's right. just caught off guard, and he's. I'm sure he's the type that's probably going, well, okay, you're doing this to me now, but uh, there, there's going to be a time when I'm, I set something up or I do what I have to do, right? Right. So then, so then that kind of possibly then all tracks from uh, just making common sense, right? Yeah, I believe. Listen, I believe. I believe a hundred percent. More convinced every day that Gaines went out to went out there with Sharita. There's a comment that Reggie and Sharita made talking, uh, and they they talked about the Vegas incident. 
Okay, they're talking. They're on a phone call with each other, and stupid Reggie put it out live because he's an idiot. And they talk about Sharita talks about the Vegas incident. And Reggie shuts her down and says, "We don't want to talk about that right now." Okay, it's it, it was kind of a very telling, uh, very telling thing. But no, I think that I think that Reggie and Sharita, just like we said in Battle for Compton. I think Reggie Reggie was the prince waiting for the king to die. And and Sharitha thought she could get something out of it. Don't forget Sharitha was was managing Snoop at that time. Okay? Snoop's greater position within Death Row and Snoop's greater visibility and greater out producing, that only affects her more. You know what I'm saying? She didn't have to take over Death Row. Reggie could take over Death Row but give Snoop more projects and get more money into Snoop's hands, that only helps Sharitha financially. Okay. Has, has, um, has, what, what has been Reggie's narrative around Kevin Gaines? None. None other than he didn't know him. None. No, none. And that's the thing, none. And, and again, I don't know why no one has, and that's why we put in Battle for Compton. I don't know why no one has said, as a potential shooter, Kevin Gaines. Because, again, if you look at the shot groupings in the door, there's four shots, and they're intentionally low to hit one person and not hit another. Okay? They're not, they're, 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 they're almost marksman groupings. And doing that from a moving vehicle, by the way, Okay, definitely, yeah. definitely a, a, a challenge to somebody unless they're really good at using a gun. Don't forget, Kevin Gaines was the same one that called nine one one on himself. Got the police up there, then sued the city over how he was handled, and had Johnny Cochran come in as his attorney, and he got a six figure settlement from the city of Los Angeles. Okay, through Johnny Cochran. So, so Gaines was a player. Gaines was not just some random boyfriend of Sharitha Knight. This guy was trouble. Gaines was a troublemaker. Also say that after season two, season three will go into the story of the corruption of the Las Vegas PD and the cover-up of the murder of Pac. But my personal theory is a little more esoteric. And that statement is simply, whoever shot Tupac doesn't really matter because in essence, Compton killed Tupac. The corruption of Compton, the family of Reggie Wright, the Compton Police Department, and the sordid trail of violence and death all led to that murder on that night in Vegas. And therein is the story I'm going to tell. Thank you for listening to Dossier Season 2. If anyone has any tips, wants to talk, or wants to leak some information, please reach out to us at www.criminalmindedmedia.com or just email me at don at criminalmindedmedia.com. I'm always open for business. Check in for more Dossier bonus episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. And now on YouTube at the Criminal Minded Media channel.